Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer. I am the Clydesdale. He is Jason LaRock, and we're going to get to him in just a moment. But before we do, I need to thank my sponsor, uh, Extend, Cellucor, C4. I love these hydration packets. They just came out about a month ago. Great flavors, uh, lemon lime, strawberry banana, and raspberry lemonade. You can get those for at a minimum of 20% off. If you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at sellucore.com or officialextend.com. Go check it out. They've got a lot of great products, proteins, uh, BCAAs, anything you need for you to help you during your workouts. With that, I'm gonna turn I'm gonna turn to my guest, Jason LaRock. Jason, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. I am so stoked to have you on. I saw what you did for Movember, and I guess you've actually done something the last two years to raise money. Um, but this year you did a special event, and you actually did 30 workouts at 30 different gyms during the month of November. Yeah, um, so this is my second year uh, fundraising for Movember, uh, which is an international organization where they're trying to spread awareness and raise funds for men's health and, and specifically with mental health, suicide prevention, um, and various types of, uh, cancers that affect men. And, uh, last year I rode a marathon. So I did the 42,000 meters uh, on the rower. It took me three hours. Um, I raised about $3,600 last year. And then this year I wanted to try something different. And I wanted to do 30 drop-ins at different gyms over the 30 days in uh, November. It was something that um, was a little bit out of my comfort zone, obviously, and, and would require a lot of sacrifices. Um, my wife was a little uh, incredulous that I could make it happen and, and was kind of um, telling me, you know, you sure you want to do this? And I just felt it was something I wanted to try. And um, over the course of 30 days, I dropped into... 30 different gyms, about 27, I think were CrossFit gyms. And then a couple other kinds of gyms like barbell clubs and then a, um, uh, a ski, uh, rowing erg workout gym facility. Um, but predominantly CrossFit gyms. And, uh, it was, it was great. I raised $6,000 and I think I was one of the top 150 individual, uh, fundraisers in the world. Um, and, uh, it was great. I learned a lot. Um, it was not easy for sure. Uh, but the CrossFit community really came together and supported me. So, um, it was, it was, it was a great experience. So why were you called to this cause and, and to do this type of an event? So, uh, I've been in all boys education, um, school administrator for the past 20 years. Um, I'm an only child, uh, and, started to do some doctoral work. So I'm getting my, my PhD in education and, um, my topic is around masculinity. And I just feel like, uh, around the age of 35, 36, uh, I found myself in a place where I just wasn't very happy. I wasn't healthy. Um, was dealing with some depression and anxiety, uh, 
didn't didn't feel great was was not my best self physically and really met some people through crossfit that brought me into the community changed my life i lost about 60 pounds um kind of shook my depression and anxiety became healthier became more intentional with how i was living my life and over the course of the last six years i've really i'm 44 now um i have met a lot of men that i feel like are not necessarily mentally ill but have some challenges in their life that they're dealing with and don't know how to ask for help don't have the resources available to them have haven't cultivated friendships um that allow them to ask for help and i feel like um my calling or my mission over the last few years is really reaching out to boys and men who are struggling and trying to show them that they can change that there's there's things they can do to improve their lives one of the reasons i wanted to have you on is i've suffered from depression myself um i don't know if you know my story i used to weigh over 500 pounds uh, i was an athlete growing up when i lost that team sport element in that community um, I got into a really deep depression. It was in my early 40s that I found CrossFit, um, which got me out of my funk. But never then when I got injured, it didn't. I'd never really dealt with the root problem. And so it's only been in the last couple of years through counseling and therapy that I've been able to come out of that and understand it better. So I'm I'm so stoked to have you on here because of that. So 30 workouts in 30 days, did you do them one a day or did you have to do some multiples in a day? So I was on a track to do one per day and then I got sick um, towards the middle end and I missed about four or five days with a really bad sinus infection. So towards the end, I was doing doubles and triples. Um, there was a Sunday towards the end of November where I worked out in three different gyms, um, all metro boston area uh which was intense and my strain on my whoop band was like i was like 19 or 20 i think um but yeah the plan was to do one per day and then um you know obviously i needed a, a rest day here and there so i did some doubles and triples but um you know one of the things i learned in this process was i would walk into a gym and, and um, people wouldn't think twice about me i was just kind of this this person i didn't recognize and people would like look at me or like wave, but uh, it wasn't really much um, in terms of a connection. And then a lot of the gyms would allow me to speak at the end of class about why I was there and why it was important to me. And, and when I started to talk about the challenges I faced and the, and the reasons I was there, people started to nod and give me affirmation. And then I've had, I had people come up to me after some classes and give me a hug and say, my husband just killed himself or my brother took his life three years ago or, my son's in the hospital with uh, depression and all of a sudden when I was vulnerable and I made myself kind of human and flawed people, res it resonated with people. And I think one of the takeaways I took from this experience is I didn't impress people with how much I lifted or like what my fitness was or like what my time was or score. I impressed people when I told them why I cared and why I was um, facing challenges. And I think that's a lesson to be learned that people don't want to be impressed. They want to actually find some common humanity with people. They want to find struggles that we're all facing and, and bring them out into the open and not feel so alone. Um, so that was one of the big things I learned is that, you know, so, so often men, especially uh, we, we, we have to impress people. We have to leave people with this uh, 
impression of us as perfect, successful, um, powerful, and really at the end of the day, none of that actually impresses people. I think it's more about can you impress people with your authenticity, even if you're struggling. I think people um, that typically moves people, um, and there's a difference between moving people and impressing people. Um, and I found that that was a lesson I learned in this in this process. So this may be one and the same, but how much did you learn about yourself on this journey? And what was your biggest surprise? What I learned is that it's really easy to talk about things, um, but to actually do them and, and, and challenge yourself and lean into the discomfort and, and stick to a goal. That's like where the learning edge is. Like anyone can say something they want to do and we all have good intentions and we all verbalize our goals, but, but to, but to hold yourself accountable to a process, that's where the challenge is. And I did this alone. I didn't do it with friends. Um, I, I, I purposely stepped out of my gym for 30 days. So a lot of my friends in my own home gym, CrossFit five and Beverly, um, they, I lost touch with them and a lot of them didn't quite understand what I was doing. And, and I did this for me. I didn't do it for anyone else. I did it for me and I did it for the organization. And I think the hardest part is sometimes taking a leap and doing something different than other people because it's, it's lonely and it's hard. Um, but after doing this, I made so many friends and connections and like people were like sending me messages and saying, can we talk? Can we stay in touch? I want to hear your story. Do you want to hear my story? Um, and that took some courage and a risk stepping out there, but uh, the reward was definitely worth it. But sticking through the process uh, is definitely something I learned because 30 days is a long time, you know, and, and I could have quit after six days and said, oh, I tried, you know, um, no one's going to know. No one's going to resent it if I quit. Uh, but I did the uncomfortable thing. And, you know, I have two kids and like, you know, I have a job and, and to do those things without. um you know, and, and maintaining my obligations. That was, that was, that was tricky at times. I'm glad you brought up the kids because you couldn't have done this without the support of your family and you have a wife and two kids. What was their support like? Um, they were proud of me. I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, I, they know how much I care about this topic and they know how much I, I do my own work of trying to understand myself and grow and learn. And I think when you're connected to your purpose, people generally will step out of the way so that you can serve others. And I think um, over the last several years, like I've really leaned into my purpose and my passion and my mission, um, and I can finally articulate it and, and what a gift that is. But when you're able to articulate and understand your mission on this planet and what you're trying to do, people respect that and they want to support that. And I think... Um, if this was whimsical or not in alignment with who I am and my values, like I think that it would have been a lot harder for people to support, but they knew that this was something that I cared about and that I was putting my story and my, um, my heart out there. And, you know, they were super supportive and my friends were supportive. Um, and it, 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 it was good because it allowed me to take my, my passion out into the world and, and, if anything, I've been more motivated to do some more of this type of stuff. And I'm, I'm trying to spend some time thinking about that and, and what's my next way to get my platform and my story out there. So how did you find CrossFit when you needed it most? 
Uh, it's a good story. I, I had a friend who was doing it and we lost touch uh, after college. And he called me out of the blue and I, I was I was really lonely. I didn't have many friends. I was working. Uh, I moved and I was kind of feeling isolated. And this friend from college called me up and said, I, I've been doing this thing and I want you. I think you'd be really good at it. And I want you to try it with me. And I was overweight at the time, wasn't in shape. My workouts like were like ride the treadmill, uh, ride the elliptical for 15 minutes, like low heart rate. It was I wasn't really doing much. And um, this friend said, if you want to try it with me, I'll drive to you and we'll work out in the morning before work. And he lived an hour away. And this was a friend who literally showed up for me at a time when I needed him. And he and he drove an hour to meet me at my gym at 5 a.m. So he left his house at 4 a.m and was just being present to me and, and wanted to bring me into this community. And once he got me in the door uh, and got me enrolled in the gym, um, I was hooked after a couple months. And then I, I was just on this path of like growing and self-discovery and, and evolution and started to take care of my body, my mind, my, my diet. Um, and having been a former college athlete, high school athlete, it was in line with how I used to train and what I used to do. Um, Olympic lifting was comfortable for me. I like loud music. Um, I like community. I like friendships. I love locker room type situations. And what I love about CrossFit is that you, you get exercise community and friendships in an hour a day. And I don't know of many other things where you can spend an hour and have so many needs met um, efficiently um, and fill your tank in such a way. And once my body adjusted to the demands of it, it became like an addiction and I just love it. And I, and I got my L1, have been coaching off and on for, you know, six years, five years. Um, and um, I've learned a lot by coaching people too. So one of our listeners, Elise, who is a friend of the show, she said with more and more of these stories, it seems like we don't find CrossFit, CrossFit finds us. And yeah, I, I couldn't have put it better than that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's literally, it's about finding your tribe. And and if you're putting some good out into the world, it doesn't matter whether it's CrossFit or running or um, book clubs or, you know, parent clubs, like whatever it is you find, but we all need a tribe um, where our values are in alignment and we're supporting each other and we're kind of calling each other to be our best selves. And CrossFit really lends itself to all of that. So. Is that why CrossFit was the right avenue to use uh, in this endeavor you did last November? Um, because because of all of those things. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I CrossFit people come into CrossFit with needs. We all have human needs, and um, you don't you don't pay the membership fees and subject yourself to some of the hardest workouts and the suffering of those workouts, unless you are really trying to get gain an advantage in your life uh, from a physical standpoint, a health standpoint, a confidence standpoint. And I knew that if I walked into these spaces and I was authentic and I told my story, um, I would make friends. I mean, let's be honest. It's hard not to like people in a CrossFit gym. Like I haven't, I haven't really met too many unfriendly people in a CrossFit gym. So I knew that I would be welcomed, um, especially being a coach and, you know, having some experience and people rose to the occasion. People were open. People waived the drop-in fees for me. People allowed me to speak. People, um, you know, 
had workouts and they called them November workout. Um, they would send little blurbs about my, my challenge out in the, 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 the member email that goes out each week. Um, because ultimately we're all trying to serve our communities. That's why we get into coaching and that's why we open gyms. None of us are making millions of dollars doing this, but I think we all, we all feel like lives can be changed uh, by walking into a CrossFit gym. And I think that that was uh, my message resonated with some people. So in your own story, you said that you were in need and you had a friend that reached out. I know that you have a very strong faith and that's in a very important part of your life. Do you think God played a role in your friend reaching out to you or did he see something that he needed to reach out to you about? I think how, how God has played out in my life in the last let's say eight years of this like um, like big chapter in my life where I've evolved and, and been open to growth is that if, if you're silent and stop telling yourself stories, if you allow your story to actually happen um, instead of trying to always control your story and you're open to that vulnerability and you're open to that uh, ambiguity and you're open to that possibility that the story can be rewritten for you and that we don't have the answers and you kind of submit yourself to that that chance um then you're more aware of signs that cross your path um and i think my friend calling me i was open to that call i didn't dismiss it um the masculinity work that I've been doing, I was open to listening to what my heart was telling me I was interested in and what I was called to do. Um, and the more I submit to like what is next, the more attentive and aware I am of signals and signs all around me. And I try to follow those. I don't judge those. I, I just, I open myself to, to various things that present themselves to me. And I haven't really been disappointed in that approach. Um, and I think there's an element of that, you know, God being behind that, because I think that part of part of a faith relationship is trust and lack of ego. Wow. So you're studying masculinity uh, in your PhD. So is your contention that because we we men are raised in a way where ex there are certain expectations that it's causing the, or I guess it's causing this depression later in life in the mid to mid thirties to early forties. I think masculinity and your ability, our ability to discern and differentiate the models of masculinity that are out there is literally a matter of life and death. Um, and I don't say that lightly because if you look at all of the health data, 80% of successful suicides are men. Men are dying on average seven years earlier than women globally. Uh, men lead uh, women in the top 12 indicators of mortality and morbidity. Um, there's, there's something that goes beyond genetics that, that explains all of this information. And it's how we're socialized. Um, and I think the, the hardest part is that, um, you know, fish are the last to, to, to notice the water that they're swimming in. And I think part of that goes to masculinity. Like we're so, 
we're so engrossed and saturated with all these messages about being a man that we never actually stop and, and try to think about if it's serving us or not. And it is not masculine at all to have self-care. It's just not. I mean, men do everything for everyone else. They, they feel like they are either protectors or providers. Um, they put their families, their jobs, um, everything else first. And then they have nothing left and, and people want, wonder why men have heart disease in their 50s. Um, and I think it takes courage uh, for men to stop other men and say, you know, we need to start taking care of ourselves and, and attack our own inner work as, uh, as carefully as we do everything else in our life. Um, and one of the things I've been thinking about um, a lot recently is like, what is my, what is my um, understanding of what friendship is? And I think one of the things that I've learned is that if you can cultivate a, a, a solid core of friends and practice what I, what I've been calling love-based accountability, um, where we hold each other accountable to our potential as human beings. And I think that it's not an accountability where we make people feel shame or disgrace if they fall short. And it's not an accountability where there's punitive or punishment if we don't meet goals, but it's more about an accountability with friends and people we care about because we know that they can do better and that it's rooted in love. It's not rooted in jealousy or ego or competition. And I've found that CrossFit friends can often do that for each other. You know, Hey, I, ha I haven't seen you in the gym in 10 days. You all right? Um, just checking in, um, having a hard day at work. Let's grab a workout tomorrow, 6am. I'll see you there. Um, and I just have been cultivating those types of relationships over the past five to 10 years. And, uh, it has really served me and I try to do that for other people. And that's how we can protect each other and keep each other healthy and safe and, um, not feeling isolated and overcome some of the social norms that men have been taught their whole lives about being independent and stoic and um rational and um you know strong and i think that it takes work but cultivating a group of friends as guys who can support each other through the hard times is really important yeah our listener bruce wayne said men carry a heavy burden that some keep deep inside and i can't i can't agree more i think my biggest problem is that self-care aspect. I've had to lately, I've had to surround myself with people who can remind me that I can't, I can't be that protector or that um, support for others if I'm not taking care of myself first. And so, so how do you, do you know of tools that we as men can use other than friendships? It takes effort and it takes, it takes prioritization. The easiest thing to do as men or as, as I mean, in all, first thing I want to say is that I think you can care about men and want good for men and not have it be a cost to women. Like, I think I can be a, an advocate for men and be a feminist at the same time. Like, I don't think it's a zero sum game, but I think that, um, Self-care can take many shapes. I mean, it might literally be, I'm going to go and get a massage. I'm going to go and um, eat a good meal for myself. I'm going to go to church. Um, working out, certainly, there's a, obviously there's a mind-body connection where if we're working out, our mind typically resets the software a little bit. Um, 
but self-care can look different for many people. Some people love um, meditation. Some people love breathing. Some people uh, like nature. I'm not really a nature person, but I know a lot of people that love getting out into nature and spending time in that way. Um, so th it doesn't matter quite what you do, but it's like what brings you peace and what brings you understanding and what 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 makes you healthier and that that's different for everyone but i think we need routines that we can have and part of that is good communication you know i can't i can't advocate for what i need if i can't communicate it to people and i think that's one of the other challenges men have is they're not typically good communicators if you know you're asked how do you feel most people most men say i'm fine i'm good i'm all right but what does that really mean and and we we need to practice saying what we need to be our best selves um because we're not, that's not something we're typically good at. Yeah, we have another comment coming from a woman. I do not think men are less manly if they talk about their feelings or take time for self-care. I actually think they are more manly. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a certain level of enlightenment or, um, you know, mature thinking that I think is, is valuable. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of society doesn't really feel that way. And it's not the messages we get, whether it's through movies or, you know, images and popular media. You know, if you go on, if you go to a magazine stand in Barnes and Noble and you try to find representations of your typical guy, you're going to have a hard time. I mean, images of, of masculinity and manhood are so, and they're so wrapped in like these, um, these stock images of like hunters and bodybuilders and, you know, um, fashion models that like, it's really hard to see yourself represented. And I think, um, that's one of the benefits of being in a CrossFit gym is you walk in there, there's people of all kinds. Um, you know, it's not just the super fit, the super good looking, the super young, um, and, 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 uh, you know, shredded people. It's, it's people of all body types, people of all ages, people of all abilities. But the one thing they do have in mind in common is that they have, they have a good mindset and they have this willingness to kind of endure some some sacrifices to to improve themselves yeah so i want to kind of get it back to the what you accomplished in november and so i'm going to pull up your instagram where you list the 30 gyms because when i saw the list it actually um hit me harder about what you accomplished when i saw how many gyms it actually was so I have it up now. I'm going to try to blow this up a little bit. See if we can scoot it over maybe. So anyway, here's your list of 30 gyms. Are you are from the Northeast, correct? In the Boston area? Yeah. Metro Boston. Um, most of the gyms were probably within 45 minutes to an hour of my house. Three different States were represented. Um, you know, uh, some of the, some of the more well-known gyms in the area and then, and then some smaller gyms. Um, it was, it was, uh, you know, some of the larger gyms and some of the smaller gyms. And, um, you know, one of the challenges that I didn't really anticipate is like, you know, when you're in one gym and you're working out every day, the programming makes sense. And there's a rationale, right? There's periodization, there's different movements that are built on top of each other. But when you're dropping into 30 gyms in 30 days, like you're in the middle of their periodization, their programming that and none of it makes sense to your, you know, you as the person who's going in 30 different gyms. So the first 
first day uh, was a 20-minute one-rep max front squat. The second day I walked into the gym was a 20-minute one-rep max front squat. And then the third day I walked into the gym, they were like 100 squat cleans for time. So I was saying to myself, this is not going to be that sustainable. I mean, I'm really crushing my legs here. Um, but over time, it kind of worked out. And it, it, and it wasn't too um, – it, it, it wasn't like those first three days. But those first three days, I was getting a little nervous. Yeah, I actually had that as a question on my board here because I cannot imagine 30 drop-ins. There there would be no consistency. You're just, It's just a roll of the dice. It's truly the old hopper. Like, spin the hopper, what do you get today? Yeah. Um, with with no planning behind it. What what toll did the 30 days take on your body? Uh, the first week was really tough. Um, I had also just come off meniscus surgery about three week, three months ago. Um, so I was trying to, like, really build back some load for squatting and trying to rework, like, my, my uh, some of my movement patterns. So I was a little nervous about that, but you know, overall it was fine. Um, I did a lot of cold plunges on the weekends. I, I really try to tighten up my nutrition. I, I took a couple supplements to kind of recovery based supplements, um, did a lot of foam rolling, a lot of stretching. Uh, and it wasn't too bad to be honest with you. Um, in fact, the 31st day I was presented with the opportunity to like take a day off or go back to the gym. And I was about this close to going back to my home gym for another workout. Cause I was like, this is so much fun. Um, but I took the rest day, uh, just because I felt like it was important to spend some time with my family. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't missed more than one day since, uh, one or two days since the end of November. And I just feel like I'm in a really good place right now. So what, what is the furthest you had to travel? Uh, I think I traveled an hour and 15 minutes, um, one of the gyms and well, actually yeah, about an hour and a half. Actually, I went to Maine for a weekend and got a couple of gyms in Maine. So that was about an hour and a half away during the week. Um, it was about an hour and 15 minutes and that's tough because you got traffic and you know, you're working and you gotta, you got different things to do. So all in, you know, you're doing an hour workout and it's an hour and an hour and a half each way, you know, it's a four hour process, um, you know, from door to door. So like I said, it was not easy. There was some sacrifices, uh, but with the amount of money I raised and the people I met, I really feel like it was a, it was a, it was a memorable experience. So how did you prevent like cramping up in the car on the way home? Did you, did you do some cool down exercises before you left? I did a lot of, um, I would try to like really spend 15 to 20 minutes after each workout to either ride the bike to cool down, foam roll, do some stretching, do some mobilization, I very rarely like finished the workout and packed up and left because I just knew that if I if I didn't spend some time on that, it would it would would really detract from what I was trying to do. So I, I did a 15 to 20 minute cool down after every workout, which is not something I would typically do. And then you said you got to speak to people after the sessions at a lot of the gyms. What was that connection like and what are some of the stories that you heard from people uh, during that time? And did any men come up to you? Yeah, I remember um, one of the things I would do at the end of classes is I'd ask the group if we could take a picture together um, just to like keep track of the number of people I was working out with, which I think was over about 225. So over the month, I think I worked out with like 225 different people. Um, but one of the things I remember vividly is taking the, the photo 
And I remember there was this guy who was like six, six, big beard, probably 260 pounds, a huge guy. And he was standing behind me in the photo. And all of a sudden I felt this hand on my shoulder and I, and I was like, wow, that that's strange. And I, and I looked at the picture later and he just put his hand on me. Like I got you. And like that image stayed with me and like kept me going and motivated, but it was such a small thing, but I was like, that was a sign of like, we're in this together. And like, I feel you. And I think that, um, when I talked about some of the, you know, the challenges I had with, you know, my feelings about myself or being unhealthy and people I know that have been struggling with their health, um, as men and boys, that's like a real thing. It's out there. I mean, I would, I'd be surprised if there wasn't a family that has a male in their family who's struggling and not that there's not women struggling, but I think men suffer in silence. And, um, I think that a lot of times people don't really bring it out of the shadows. And I think my presence, my story, my ability to say like, what you see now is not who I was before. And I care about boys. I care about my son. I care about, you know, healthy men. Um, people, I think, brought things out of the shadows. They, they, they found someone they could say something to, you know, I had this experience or someone I love is going through this. Like, I would love to introduce you to them or thanks for what you're doing. Keep going. I got hugs. I got, you know, uh, direct messages on Instagram. I got high fives. I got like the hand on the shoulder, you know, and that, and what random guy would put a hand on some other guy's shoulder as a sign of like, I'm with you, you know, that's, it doesn't happen. Um, so those were, those were kind of the moments that I think, um, my my goal when I work with people and I work with men and I work with boys is like I want to, I want to share a moment with you. I want to teach you something that you can then take into your 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 circle and and make an impact. I don't care about making an impact on a couple people. I want to make an impact so that someone leaves with something I said or something that I, I help them feel something. They can go to their circle of of people and they can do the same for them. And then if we keep doing that all these things that are in the shadows, all these things that people are suffering with alone, it comes out, you know, and, and people can acknowledge it and talk about it. You've really inspired me because I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, very blue collar, very much the stereotypical be a man. Um, you know, everybody around me were factory workers, steel mills, um, oil industry, and since I've left there and since I've now become more enlightened to my own mental health, I feel a disconnection to where I came from. And I need to find a way to reconnect so I can share that with others. I, I find the tension here is that when people learn some things and they change for the better, some people are insecure about that and they and they they're like uncomfortable with people who are dedicating themselves to learning and growing and and the threat for people that are trying to get better and and work on themselves and make a difference the challenge is that you don't want to come across as full of yourself or i have it all figured out everyone look at me and that's like that's the danger but I think that we show people, we teach people through what we do, not what we say. And 
I, I was talking to a class today. I'm in education. I was talking to a class today and I said, if you ask people about a person, if there's hesitation, that person hasn't done their job. And I think through the way we behave, the way we treat people, the, the, the emotions we leave people with, that's our life's work. You can say anything you want. You can, you can get up on a pedestal. You can get up on a soapbox and talk and talk and talk. But ultimately, our legacy is what we do every day. And that's our life's work. It's not this grand thing that happens to us. It's not this like big accomplishment we get. Our life's work, our legacy is what we do day in and day out. And ideally, if we're consistent with our values, our purpose, our mission, what we believe in, then you leave no doubt. You know, people should be able to speak about you in a way that is very definitive, very clear, because you have left a consistent impression on them. Um, and the way I can talk about these things now and the way I think about them is not who I was 10, 15 years ago. It's just, it's just not, you know, but what it also shows is that it's never too late to like work on yourself. Um, you know, I wish I, I wish I was the person I am now back then. Like I, I have regrets that I wasn't more sensitive, more aware, more thoughtful back then, but I can't change it. All I can do right now is just like with the understanding and the wisdom I've gained is like go out there and try to help someone else. Yeah, I, I'm a firm believer in counseling. I think we as men need someone that we can talk to that's an uninterested third party, you know, that we can have that, that conversation and have a better understanding of our lives because they're not a part of it, if that makes sense. Um, and that's helped me dramatically. And I will also say, it's hard to be full of yourself when you've gone through this. Now, someone may look at it that way because I still am looking for more answers. Like I have not figured it all out yet. That's for sure. Um, but that openness, we need to get more accustomed to men being open and with their feelings so that we can have those tough conversations. Yeah, I agree. So, so the, the last couple of things I wanted to talk to you about is how do we get this awareness out in more than just November? Are there any plans for you to do that in any way? I've been, I've been trying to discern what my next step is to, to, to talk about this message and, and get this awareness out there beyond just the way I'm choosing to live my life now. I, I don't, you know, there, there's obviously like things you can do and, and formal ways you can, you can focus on this, this project, this work. So I'm, I, again, I, I guess if I'm going to stay true to my approaches, it's just being open and honest and listening and, and trying to follow the signs. And, you know, maybe being on this podcast, um, you know, is a, is a sign and maybe I'm opening myself up to this experience and maybe someone will hear it and, and offer a suggestion to me or give me an idea. But I, I'm looking for ways to partner with people, partner with groups, um, partner with people that are interested in, in helping men be healthier and boys be healthier and showing them that there's other ways to be a man in the world that are healthier and more inclusive and more respectful. I mean, there's a lot of influencers out there that are, are kind of misleading men and boys into thinking, you know, what 
what they should be doing, how they should be thinking. Um, and I, ultimately, I want people to do their own thinking. I think we should all be critical, uh, critical consumers of ideas and models that are out there. Um, so I, I want to start with the people in my life. But if there's ever a way for me to expand my message, I think uh, I would I would love that I'd be open to it. My follow-up is next November, would you do something like this again? Or do you think you need to do something different every year? I mean, I think I have to do every something different every year. I would love to, I've done two Movembers alone the last two years. Uh, Movember allows you to do some fundraising, some things as a group, like you can have a team and you can get 15 people or more, five people, and you can kind of all fundraise to the same account and like, I think it'd be nice to find some people that are, are as passionate about this um, line of thinking and work as I am and get together and pool our, our resources so it doesn't feel so alone. I think it'd be great to do this with a couple of other people that are like-minded. So that's kind of what I'm thinking for next year. But I, I, I want to choose something hard that will be you know, difficult and force me out of my comfort zone again because I've learned something about myself the last two times I've done it. Yeah. And one of our listeners actually brought up a suggestion. Any thoughts about having a CrossFit comp like MOSFET did for suicide awareness? And then she followed that up by, it was a local comp, but a lot of awareness was brought to it on IG. Many people couldn't attend in person, bought a shirt and did the workouts at their home or their own gym. Yeah. I mean, I'm open to that. It's funny. One of the, one of the CrossFit owners that I um, had the privilege of attending their gym for this uh, November was uh, at, at the end of class, I told my story and the owner came up to me and said that he had lost uh, three close friends to suicide in the last five years. And he had, he said, I've, I've been thinking about this very thing for several years now. And I think you walking into my gym is you know, kind of a sign that I need to kind of move forward with this, um, this, this, uh, this pain I have about my friends. And I think he and I are going to be in conversation about potentially collaborating for something in the spring, but yeah, I'm open to, I'm open to anything that will bring awareness and help people. Are you still taking donations? I believe I am. And I think, um, I don't, I haven't gotten any notification that, uh, it's off. So I'd be happy to share uh, the information with you post post show. And, uh, absolutely. I think they still accept, um, donations. Yeah. So I found your link. Um, it, it looks like it's still active. Um, I, I can actually bring it up um, to show people and then I'll put the link in the comments below um, after when we put, put this up permanently on YouTube so people can click on that. So let me pull that up real quick. And there it is. It looks like um, you can still hit all the buttons and donate uh, to your cause right there. That'd be awesome. So I will go ahead and share that link um, after we're done today uh, and put that uh, in the comments. With that, Jason, uh, this has been an awesome episode. Thank you so much for everything you do. Um, I do want to point out that this is a great test case for us because after the first of the year, um, our partners at C4, Extend, and Cellucor, are we're going to partner up to do a weekly 
good news um, going on in the CrossFit fitness space. Um, and we want to do stories like this and they want to back whatever they're doing. So I'm going to send this story to them, see if they want to back anything um, that you're doing with this and maybe make a donation themselves. That'd be awesome. I mean, if, you know, if, if any, if any uh, people that have influence in the fitness community and, and connections and partnerships are interested in, you know, talking offline about ways that we can support men and boys who are struggling. Um, yeah, I'd, I would love any partnerships, no matter what, what form it takes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jason, and good right, luck with you. everything you're doing. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it.